Welcome to What Else Could Be Possible. I'm your host, Miranda Renee Smith. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to What Else Could Be Possible, the podcast. I'm your host, Miranda Renee Smith. And I'm kind of tired this morning, and I might yawn a lot. <laughs> Because silly Miranda had a silly scary movie night last night with her silly friends. And that just wasn't a great idea. Like I love scary movies. I love to watch them and I love to feel scared. But uh, that does not mean that I do not still get scared. Like I have to watch them with people and friends that I can cuddle up with during scary parts. Because I I get scared. And... (laughs) And then when I go home, uh, I have to sleep with my room roommate sleeping in the same room as me, obviously, so that, you know, the monsters and the scary things won't get me. And so I'll be less scared. But silly Miranda went to this silly, scary movie night while her silly roommate was out of town. So Miranda was left with no choice but to stay up all night with her insomniac roommate because Miranda gets too scared to sleep in her room by herself. (laughs) Don't worry. I slept a little bit. Um... I'll go home after this and sleep. Uh, Okay, anyway, that's the exciting story of why uh, Miranda is tired this morning. The end. I'm tired, but I also want and care about sticking to my podcasting schedule. So here I am. I would not want to be anywhere else. Uh, Okay, let's talk about important stuff now, shall we? We are transitioning today from scary movies to self-compassion, baby. And self-compassion is something that we've all heard of, and I reckon that most of us would agree that it is a good, nice thing. Like, we all think, well, let's all be compassionate to ourselves because we deserve love, which is true. But something that you might not know is that self-compassion can literally make all the difference. Self-compassion can literally make all the difference. Who am I? Name that show. I'm Chris Traeger from Parks and Rec. 10 points to whoever got that. Anyway, self-compassion. It's not just a fluffy, nice thing that we should all do from time to time. It's actually like a fundamental step in making changes in your brain and then in your life. Why? Let's start with a little physiology lesson. I don't know if that's the correct term, but it's not. This is not anatomy or a biology lesson. So, um. So you've got your brain, right? It's just sitting up there in your head, chilling, doing its brain thing. But what I bet you didn't know is that you have a second brain. And your second brain is not a brain at all. It's actually your body. (gasps) So brain number one is your brain. And brain number two is your body. Let me elaborate. Um, We all have something called a central nervous system, which is made up of your brain and your spinal cord. And whenever we go through, well anything like seriously anything we experience it both in the brain and the body what happens is our brain perceives an experience and sends a signal through the central nervous system to the rest of the body that tells the body to gear up and protect itself against whatever experience is happening to us and yes i am talking about big t traumatic experiences that are heavy and that we need to talk about in therapy, but I am also talking about little t traumatic experiences that we have every day, which it can be anything that is just too much, too big to, for our feelings, for our central nervous system. So 
okay because like there's a reason why we feel hot when we get angry or why our muscles tense up when we are scared um that is the brain and the body working together okay wow do i not sound like the smartest woman in stem ever right now (laughs) can't even focus i'm just so impressed by myself anyway okay sorry yes um so like when for example our muscles tense up when we are scared uh because we are watching a scary movie like i don't oculus or something something random like that (laughs) when our muscles get tense from that fear That is the brain and the body working together. The brain is perceiving a scary thing and sending a signal through your central nervous system to the rest of the body that says, OMG, scary. We need to protect ourselves from this scary movie that we are watching and are perceiving as a threat. And therefore, we can't sleep in our bedroom by ourselves. So we have to stay up all night. So the body tenses up muscles as a defense mechanism, even though, you know, there's not an actual threat. Your body and brain are just perceiving the threat like perceiving whatever you're experiencing to be a threat. And that is essentially the role of the central nervous system. It's to protect you and gear yourself up against whatever could be coming. Like it goes back to like cavemen. We, we evolved. I mean, I don't, I, okay, whatever, you know, cavemen, when they were in the cave and they were living amongst the cave people in the wilderness and they had to fend for themselves, like, when they saw a bear, they would need to, like, the brain would perceive it as, oh, my gosh, danger, and send a signal to the central nervous system through the body. It's like, oh, my gosh, run. Like, there's a bear right there. We don't want to get eaten, so let's run. Fight or flight right now. And that's still the system that we are operating in today as humans. Nothing has changed. Um, Okay, and if all of what I said was confusing, then I suggest watching Schoolhouse Rock's Telegraph Line video for a much simpler explanation. I grew up watching Schoolhouse Rock, um, and I know lots of people don't know what that is, but it definitely helped me in elementary school to get good grades on my tests. Uh, If you don't know what it is, just type in YouTube Schoolhouse Rock Telegraph Line. It's a catchy song with a lovely explanation of the central nervous system. Okay, and so the reason I say that your body is a second brain like the point I'm trying to make in saying that is your body perceives experiences just as much as your brain does. The body keeps the score, baby. And just like how there are existing strategies and mantras to help get our brains elevated back to a calm and neutral state, we need to find the strategies that get our body out of fight or flight and back to a calm and neutral state as well. Because have you ever heard anyone and we've all probably been this person who has said, oh, I'm so scared, but I don't know why. Like, I know everything is going to be fine. Like, my brain cognitively understands that there's no real danger here, but I just still feel so scared. Okay, that right there is the perfect example of the body and the brain not being on the same page. The brain in that example is in a calm state in which it understands that everything's going to be fine. But the body doesn't know that yet. So the body is still freaking out. Knowing something in our brain is very different from knowing something in our body. We can just think a different thought in our brain to bring it to a more neutral state. But we need a different strategy for the body. And one of those strategies is self-compassion. Think of it this way. Your body is like a house 
Oh, I'm so excited to tell this metaphor. I've been like thinking of it in my brain for so long now. Okay, so the top floor of the house represents your head and your brain. And that's where we dwell most of the time in our heads. And the bottom floor and the, the basement, so to speak, of this house represents your body and your central nervous system. So imagine that you are inside your house. You're hanging out on the top floor to be exact, as we often do. And you're just living life. You are cleaning your kitchen or something. When all of a sudden you hear a loud pound on the front door. Uh, I'm not sure what the front door represents. Maybe like your eyeballs or something. Anyway, when you open up the door, someone is there holding the hand of a screaming little child who is absolutely losing it. I mean, this child is hysterical. Now, the person holding the hand of this child represents a traumatic experience, big T or little t trauma. And the screaming kid represents the feelings that often accompany a traumatic experience. Are you with me? Stay with me. So you open the door and this is what you see. And before you can even react, the traumatic experience drags this screaming kid into your house and leaves it in your living room or whatever room you want and without hesitation the traumatic experience just turns around and walks out the door leaving this screaming kid in your house and on your living room carpet and once the traumatic experience leaves this screaming kid gets up from its crying heap and starts running all over the place destroying your house making an absolute mess of everything it's knocking over tables and paintings on the walls and smashing plates and just destroying everything um and you are just there watching all this happen so the kid eventually runs downstairs to the basement which remember represents your body and your central nervous system uh the kid runs down there to start making a mess down there so here you are in the top floor of your house the chaotic child is now wreaking havoc downstairs and you're left with this mess but hey at least now you've got some peace and quiet upstairs you can start cleaning up so you do that and eventually you clean up the top floor and it looks nice and pretty upstairs once again But guess what you have not taken care of? The screaming child who is still making a mess downstairs. Just because the top floor looks nice and clean doesn't mean that your house downstairs isn't still a wreck. It is because you have not stopped the screaming child. Okay, let's step back for a mo. Do you see what I'm getting at here? This is a long metaphor, but this particular point of the metaphor represents us when we allow our feelings to go unaddressed in our body. We clean up our brains as much as we want and we tell ourselves things to try and make us feel better, but we rarely feel better all the way because we so often neglect the body and how like, how our body is dealing with these feelings. Um, okay, let's step back into this metaphor so we can figure out how to resolve this. <coughs> There's like crud in my throat. <coughs> Sorry. So you've just cleaned up your upstairs living area, but you know that downstairs is still a mess. So what you need to do now is you need to march downstairs and find this screaming kid. And once you do, what do you think we do next? I'll tell you what we do not do. We do not want to yell at this kid and scold them and say, what's wrong with you? You need to calm down. You're making a mess and you need to go sit in timeout because you're in trouble. Okay, that will have the opposite effect. What you need to do is like... (sighs) That will just make the kid freak out even more. What you need to do is lovingly approach this child, get down on their level and embrace them and see them and hold space for them and and say verbally, yes, I understand that you are feeling sad and angry 
And of course you are. And it's okay to be feeling those things. I'm here for you, to hold space for you, and to love you. And it is safe for you to be here. This is how we get this child to calm down and stop making a mess. And this is how we get our body on the same page as our brain to get to that same calm, neutral spot. Once we give ourselves some compassion for feeling the way that we feel and just embracing those feelings with love, then we can start cleaning up the mess a little bit and we can start making room for new thoughts and feelings of hope and confidence and all the good feelings that we need to feel in order to achieve the results that we want. But we cannot do that until we've addressed the pain or the negative feelings that already exist in our bodies. This is the work of getting our brain and body on the same page and it works, man. Once you can master this and get good at it, you will see serious changes in yourself and your mental health, thus allowing you to move forward towards your goals in peace. And it's a practice. It really is like a skill that needs to be developed and exercised and it just makes the biggest difference. Like learning how to actively tend to your negative feelings in your body and really feeling that compassion will just change everything for you. It has for me by a landslide. And it's tricky. Like you have to be very self-aware. Like you you do have to practice this. Um, And I wanted to talk about this today because I kind of already touched on this, but I just so often see people not addressing their emotions in this way. Like if you think about it, what do we usually do when we go through something hard? I mean, most like most people with some some emotional awareness and like maturity from what I've seen previously in myself will like let ourselves themselves feel sad about whatever they've gone through for a minute or feel scared or feel whatever emotion that this experience brought them and then try to move on from it, try to move past it. And it's good that like we let ourselves have time to grieve and feel whatever we need to feel when we've experienced something hard, but it doesn't do anything for us if we are not also actively giving ourselves compassion and feeling that in our bodies. If we just let ourselves cry and be sad after a hard thing and then get up and try to push past that thing, that is the equivalent of us um, having cleaned up the upstairs level of our house, but still allowing the little kid to run around downstairs and destroy everything. But when we give ourselves that compassion, I mean, that's what therapy is for. Therapy is a space for you to learn to have compassion for yourself and the hard things that you've gone through in your past. I mean, there are a lot of other reasons for therapy, but that's a big one. And, you know, I truly believe that if everyone on this earth knew how to give themselves compassion in the moment where it's needed, then there would be a lesser need for therapy. But, you know, we're, we're not all there yet. So in the meantime, therapy is working wonders to help all of us get there. And I, I actually started therapy this summer. And I've never done therapy before. Um, but I've only ever done coaching, which, you know, I feel like has done a lot of work for me that I would do in a therapy session. But it, it is still different. And it's been cool to uncover things that I didn't even know were there. Anyway, that's a tangent. Um, where was I? Oh, I also just wanted to say that this is typically a more needed skill in women than in men, just because women feel more (laughs) like they're literally there's numerous studies of females scoring higher than males in uh, standard tests of 
emotional recognition and sensitivity and empathy. And that's not good or bad. It's just biologically how it is. Not to say that this isn't also important for males, but my girls out there, really make sure that you're doing this. It's so, 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 so important. And if I have not made this clear, uh, this matters because of the thought model. So if you remember what that is, circumstance leads to thoughts, which leads to feelings, which leads to actions, which leads, lead or leads, I don't know, which lead to results. Um, And we cannot forward, so whoa, and we cannot go forward taking the right aligned actions and get the results that we want unless we are feeling good and safe in our own body. So I just encourage you to start at least being more aware of this and maybe try and move towards like just prioritizing this more, prioritizing self-compassion um, more in your life and in your body whenever you go through something big or small. Like this is something I do on a daily basis. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm dramatic. I have, I, I have really big feelings, like probably bigger than anybody else in my family. And I just feel a lot and deeply. And, um, so like whenever I get like triggered, I just have to like really drop into my body and, and see those feelings and hold space for them and say like, of course, Miranda, like, of course you are feeling X, Y, Z because this just happened to you. And of course that's hard and it's uncomfortable, but like these feelings, it's, it's okay to feel these feelings. Like they just need some space and some love. And I'm telling you that, that like, that just helps you move through it so quickly. And once I do that, even, okay, emotions can only live in your body for 90 seconds. So even just 90 seconds of doing this and just feeling into that feeling and giving it so much like attention and compassion is so powerful. And that's all you need to do. This doesn't have to be some like you sit down and meditate for an hour to try to feel one feeling like absolutely not like emotions move quickly as long as you give them the space to do so. So, uh, okay. I think that's, that's where I want to end. I hope, yeah, I hope you'll start prioritizing this in your life and giving yourself a little more, a little more TLC. Okay. That's enough of that for today. I hope this was helpful. Shoot me a DM at Miranda.Renee.Smith on Instagram. If this work is resonating for you and if you want to master this process of emotional regulation, because it's simple, but it's not always easy. And I would love to go with you and help you out on your journey to figuring it out a little more and getting to know yourself a little bit better. Okay. I hope it's an amazing week for you. I'll catch you next time. Bye.